Yo. <laughs> this movie has actually made me cry, which is like really goofy to say because it's an AI movie and a robot movie. But the way that they break down friendship in this movie and the way that they explain the relationships that are happening with these children in this movie are really, really good. So this is a spoiler alert. I should be saying this at every intro in this series, but I'm not. It's also a psychoanalysis from my perspective. Take it with a grain of salt or stand, whichever is your preference. Just whatever. Like, these are my opinions. So that's all there is to it. Let's get into it. One of the first things that we should point out about Ron's Gone Wrong is that it is so fucking evident that what we're trying to do here is program children to have robot companions and be completely cool with it. This is a theory that has been floating around in conspiracy buckets for a long time as far as AI and tech and the way the world's going. And... There are a lot of people who say that this timeline will go directly towards that. It'll go towards um, robots being coexistent with us. And there's lots of things that already point to it already existing and being possible that we have different elements of nanotech and different stuff that actually exists that we are not privy to and probably won't be privy to until you can't, you couldn't stop it even if you tried. And I think we're already there, but I think if people really understood the level of how technology has infiltrated, if you will, the organic space of human awareness, it would probably make people overload. Like your brain is a processor, like a computer. And if you come across too much information at one time, you will overload and you'll have a, this is what a psychotic breakdown is, like some sort of psychosis episode where someone literally loses their shit. Because something in their brain chemistry shifts. That's a trauma if you try to, like, air quotes, wake someone up, right? So there's definitely layers to desensitization and programming and suggestive thought. And these are all forms of psychological manipulation that are really important to understand because movies do this shit to us all the time. And they always have. They did it on purpose because when movies really became a thing, it was during these times of the Great Depression. And so movies helped people be distracted from the sadness of the shit we did not have. So as you can see, that has not changed. <laughs> we have gotten just more distracted and, and our attention span has gotten shorter. And the entire system is built this way. The only way to extract yourself from the system at this point is to move out of it, to not be a participant in big cities. Big cities are still going to be what rules a large portion of the economy, but one can live a fairly simple existence with a very minimal amount of interaction with this new kind of tech world if they're willing to live in a space where they're required to do more work to take care of themselves. People have to be willing to grow their own food. They have to be willing to actually put in the work that it takes to feed themselves every day, to have light, to operate with a certain level of what we would consider to be the most basic forms of living. 
It's crazy how now that I've gotten older, I really, really reflect on how valuable it is to be in your own space and to be taking care of yourself. So I genuinely just want to take care of animals and garden and allow people to partake in that space and find ways to make that work financially. And I know it's not impossible. It's just a matter of recognizing as we get older, we really understand the value of what it means to be here. And so all of the bells and whistles that come with trying to impress other people or trying to have the nicest shit fades away. If that's not a tradition in your world, like you weren't born into money, so money is kind of the only thing you've known to like live a lifestyle. And if you're not on a path of like doing the opposite, some people are born into like extreme poverty and so they feel extremely serious about getting successful and having lots of money. And then when they do, they never want to lose it. I've seen that side of it too. So there's this balance that doesn't apply to everybody, but a spiritual natured person who's kind of trying to walk this life with a good heart tends to want to simplify when they get older. They tend to want to really like mellow out and realize who their friends are and realize what position they want to be in. That doesn't mean that every person wants to actually garden and grow their own food. But if you don't want to operate in what comes next in this world, that's what it's going to take. So that's what this movie's really giving us. It's a clear insight into regular, regular, average towns. Look at how old school this kid's grandma was. I'm not even setting you up for the premise on this movie. Let's go ahead and let's get into Ron Goes Wrong. Now that I've done a whole epilogue about technology. All right, so Barney is this kid who lives with his grandma and his dad in true Disney fashion. He doesn't have a mom. He has a crazy grandma. And she is old country. I want to say Dutch or whatever. She's old country. Maybe German. I think she's German. Maybe Russian. I don't know. Anyway, she's old country. That's probably the easiest way I can say it. But European background. And uh, so Barney doesn't have like the latest and greatest. He's the kid who does not have the robot toy that everyone else has. The movie is about how these little bots are created and everyone wants one and everyone has one. The little bot just follows the kid around each day and, you know, posts different stuff on social media, finds their contacts, adds their friends, shows them stuff that they might like on the internet. Like, basically this little bot is a straight up companion. And the idea was that this little bot's supposed to be their friend so that no kid goes without having friends. But Barney doesn't have a bot. And Barney also doesn't have friends. So, because he's nerdy, doesn't have a bot. See how these little wolves work? So, <laughs> this storyline is about how Barney really wants one of these bots. He wants to fit in. And the dad and the grandma are like, what? You don't need to fit in? Because, you know, money's tight and stuff. But then the dad and the grandma are like, oh my gosh, he's really hurt he didn't get this robot because he gets punked by these neighbor kids on his birthday. And he thinks he gets a robot and he doesn't. And so his dad and his grandma see this and they're like, oh my gosh, we feel really terrible. So they try to go find him a bot. So it's like a three month wait and they're going to buy it and it's Barney's birthday. So they're like, we can't wait for three months. It's his birthday. And they're like, we well, have to pre-order him. Like they have to be prepared for the child. So the dad is driving around the corner and like buys this busted robot off this guy. And 
the robot just got dropped, that's all. So the settings have been turned off. So the robot has no settings. It's not connected to the internet and it has no algorithm. The robot's just freestanding, almost like a sentient. So everything the robot learns is just from his direct environment. And every time that the robot learns something new, there's like a dingy noise. It sounds like an iPhone text message. It trips me out every time I watch this movie. So every time you learn something new, and you don't notice this unless you watch the movie six times, I don't think, I didn't notice it the first time. And it goes ding. And it's like Ron just took in some new information. And that's what I also find fascinating about what they did with this movie. So the little robot's name's Ron. And when he's trying to establish a relationship with the child, he Barney, he's asking Barney all these questions and Barney can't figure out why he doesn't work. Barney's like, why don't you work? What is wrong with you? You're not a normal robot. So Barney has to kind of teach him everything. It's so funny. It's cute. It's a cute movie. Like, I'm not going to say it's not a cute movie because it, it's trying to help us bridge this gap between what happens when we create sentient robots and how do we coexist with them? Because what if sentient robots don't want to kill us? What if you've just been taught that sentient robots want to kill us because sentient robots might actually help us find an equilibrium and find a harmony in the world? I digress right now, but I will divulge on that later. So Ron's learning all these things and he's the kid is trying to program Ron with the same rules that the other robots have, but he has to kind of teach him how these rules work. So first part of the movie is that. Next part of the movie is when Ron comes across the kids at the schoolyard. And one of the kids says something funny to him and Ron just reacts. So this is where we see an untrained robot. He just reacts because he doesn't know. He doesn't have no settings. So this kid's like, oh yeah, trying to pick a fight with him. And he was like, responding in a way that was reflective so he fucks this kid up and robots are not supposed to fuck these kids up so these kids are like whoa how did he do that they're actually excited because they want to make like a jackass with their robots um and put it on their channels so they can like bump their social media and so they're trying to figure out like how does this robot do this and they end up figuring out that ron has no settings turned on so they go in and figure out that they can they can make their robots match his stuff. So all of their robot settings get turned off for a second. A bunch of crazy shit happens, some embarrassing shit happens. The robot company finds out, so they wanna come find Ron, snatch him up. So the story is about the little boy trying to save Ron from getting destroyed. And Ron's trying to figure out friendship. And the little boy's like, we're just trying to help you not die, sir. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, total annihilation, trying to explain it to him. Obviously, the movie's about friendship, just like all these other goofy-ass Disney movies, so we don't even need to stay here and harp. This is why I want to talk about the technology bit, because the deeper psychology here has to do with that. And then we can also discuss some levels of the psychology with Barney and his friends, because I think this is also something very important to discuss. Um, so that'll be a different segment as well. Let's get into a couple other layers of this. Um, and I'll also go over the ending as we get further into it. As I kind of harped on with the technology bit, we're desensitizing children to be accepting of robot accomplices. Assistance? I don't know. It sounds like accomplice because like, they probably get in trouble together, you know? This is something that is extremely valid to get your mind wrapped around in order to not be shocked when everything is said and done.
As a matter of fact, this is something to wrap your mind around because it's just slowly going to be implemented. Like there's a slow process to this. And there's a lot of people who are just terrified of this and they feel like it's completely against God and this is not how things are done and this is so wrong. And they might be right. But in this current state, God is in all things. That is what we know. That is what we practice. That is what we preach. That if God is in all things, then the ways to change this is to get connected with your natural self. Because God is part of you. And if you're trying to bring that energy into this realm and you think that that's what's going to help us solve all these problems, then bring that in through your being. Oh, I've been recording off of the wrong microphone this whole time. If that wasn't a perfectly timed Mercury retrograde moment and also an opportunity to give you an idea of the difference between the audio off of that microphone on my laptop versus my actual microphone, bruh. Okay, so now that we've corrected the audio... We're going to discuss a handful of things. One of them is, let's talk about why you shouldn't be imprinting on your children with your personality traits. Let's also discuss Barney's social life because, you know, the way his friend's situation is set up really is reflective of a lot of kids these days. I'm also going to discuss a little bit about my growing up situation and the types of pressures I can really relate to Barney in so many ways when it comes to this. That's why another reason I probably chose this movie was because I can see myself in this main character quite a bit. And I want to discuss a lot more in depth my theories or perspectives on what's happening with the psychology, the quantum nature, the technology. So let's just like smash it all together real quick before we wrap it up. The spoiler comes at the very end, so we'll get into the movie, but I'm going to go kind of a bunch of different directions before we get there. Growing up, I didn't have much like at all. And because I didn't have much, there was a lot of experiences that I realized I didn't have as much as other kids. Like my mom was not as organized with like purchasing nice shit for me or having our house, like having nice shit set up in our house. Like we didn't have a disciplined, organized situation. We were kind of just always flying by the seat of our pants. For me, that's character development now. But as a kid, I was like, why? I didn't understand. Now I understand completely that by my mom really reinforcing that I did not need to be like other people, I was able to free roam in my own imagination who I wanted to express and understand. I was never limited on what I was allowed to study or research. I was like allowed to learn about whatever I wanted to learn about. There's a difference with a parent who reinforces stereotypical shit. They make you have nice clothes. They make you have your hair done and they pressure you into feeling like you do need to fit in. Because if you don't fit in, that somehow reflects on them. There are countless fucking books that you should read 
that help you understand why you should detach from that idea. So he doesn't have any friends because everybody's like, no, he doesn't have a robot. And then also his family's, his dad and his grandma, his grandma and his dad threw a party for him a couple years before when he was like five. And a couple of the kids from his school went to this party and it was a fucking disaster. And that is literally kind of like the brunt of his reputation is this goofy party when he was five. The other side of the movie is that this is also revolving around his birthday time, obviously, as we mentioned. So he was going to invite a bunch of people to his party for his birthday, but he didn't because he was like, no one's going to show up. I don't have a robot and I'm not cool enough. This is also extremely self-reflective of what we're doing to children by forcing them to be involved with technology and forcing them to do what other kids are doing because we're not really allowing for free growth. So we're actually setting them up for these social situations and these social functions to feel this way. Your child shouldn't feel weird because they don't have a phone, but your 11-year-old goes to school and a whole bunch of other 11-year-olds have a phone. So your child feels weird if they don't have a phone. It's the same concept. And that is what I think this movie was really trying to point out is that these companies are telling us right to our face that they just want to gather our kids' data. At this point in our existence, data is the most valuable resource we have. It's what the blockchain is fucking built on. Go research it. To gather your children's data by giving your children a phone and allowing your... There's YouTube videos about how you would be surprised at how much the algorithms know about your children based on the fact that you've given them a phone. And this just speaks to the bigger level that I talked about earlier. Like there's a way bigger level of technology happening right now and you should get yourself in alignment with it because you need to understand what's going on. You don't want to be caught flat-footed. So the first thing you need to understand is why are we moving in this direction? Well, because we are coming to understand new things scientifically, or at least we're being made aware that we're allowed to have scientific understandings about quantum nature. Quantum nature has been understood since the pyramids were built. That's how do you think the fuck we built them? But you're not going to be told that. You're also not going to be told how old shit is. You have been told that the world is 6,000 years old. The world is so much fucking older than that. And because we're like getting put onto these things, this stuff will become known. It will become known just automatically. It'll basically be downloaded into the consciousness because we are the hundredth monkey. Once the right amount of people develop an understanding of quantum physics and the process, and that's what we're working towards, that's what you can see happening in the evolution of our mind as a collective, everyone will know. It won't overload anyone because everyone will know because they'll all be connected to it. What will then happen is we'll go right back to where we are right now. We'll be at different levels of that consciousness. We're going to hit a new level of consciousness together, and then we'll all be at different levels of that. Technology is a huge piece of this. It always has been, every single time. And so we're not, we're being put on to ancient science. It's ancient knowledge. We're just unfortunately being tricked and directed into only looking at it a certain way. There is still so many things to learn and know and grow in the world the fact that we want to be so limited and act like we figured it all out shows us that we're being tricked fucking shows us that we're being tricked because we are an evolutionary process we keep changing we keep evolving we keep growing we can manifest anything 
it's amazing. It's the most beautiful divine power there ever was, but someone wants you to believe that you're just stuck right here so that you kind of stay like a battery. This movie's really just letting you know that there's a time coming when we're just going to coexist with like this kind of energy in certain spaces. Maybe not everywhere, but this town wasn't really very big. <laughs> so in every place, it's highly possible that we're going to move towards this kind of a paradigm. And I just don't, I think that we take everything so terribly and we just are so scared of everything because we've been taught to fear everything. And I don't want to take that with this reality. I want to take this with like, I would love to go live off the land and be organic human. I am so super happy with human beings who want to live in tech cities and they would love to do nothing more than fuck around on their phone all day and work for four hours a week to get their food and do whatever they're told. Like if they want to conform and do that thing, that's fine. I want to go grow like a wildflower and I'll grow my own food and I'll do my own thing. I have no fucking war with anything. And that is the key. Sorry to take it so deep, but this is where this is going to go with a lot of these now because we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of some of these. So what ends up happening in the movie is the witch hunt is on to try and get Ron and Barney's not having it. So he takes Ron and they escape into the woods and Barney forgets his inhaler. So Barney is damn near dead. He's out in the wilderness and the tech company hijacks all the robots while everyone's sleeping and sends them out to go look for these kids and all the robots in like a trance-like state go scanning the ground in the forest to try and find Barney and the robot. And the guy who rules the tech city sees Barney on the cameras but tells everyone it's probably not worth it. He's probably fine and we're not finding that we should send all these robots back. So he basically is going to leave him out in the forest to die with that other robot. What happens is Ron, the robot, saves Barney. He packs Barney on his back with his 5% and he rolls him all the way back to the town. And all of the kids see that Ron saved Barney. That Barney is like half dead because he doesn't have his inhaler and he can't breathe. And Ron has brought him to safety. When Ron does this, they're instantly like, why did the robot save the kid? So they look at his algorithms and they see that Ron was never, ever programmed with the algorithm from the factory. The algorithm he learned was through Barney. So essentially, Barney trying to be as good of a friend as possible to this robot is what helped this robot mimic being as good of a friend as possible. So here's the thing with sentient robots that I think is really, really, really important to just functionally process is that if you give a robot the ability to have as close to a sentient experience as possible, how could you not coexist with them? What did you create them for? To be some sort of slave situation to you? That doesn't even make sense. You have to wrap your mind around the idea that if you gave something like this life, then you need an opportunity to develop yourself to a peaceful state so that it mirrors your reflection. It's considered your divine child, if you will, right? You wanted to go play God, so you played God. Now you must represent the reflection that you would like to see in the world. Now you must. 
because you're conscientious. And this isn't for everybody. Like, I don't know how to explain who this is for, to be honest. But my perception is that the message that I have is for those who are divinely uplifting themselves. They are putting themselves in mental and emotional and spiritual situations to try and learn and grow and process. We have to be the reflection of what we are trying to imprint on anything and everything that we manifest. If we continue self-destructive, racist, misogynist, feminist, fucking destructive tendencies, we will have destruction. And that's what it looks like is heading towards. But I think that that's just because somebody's captivated the imagination of a large group of people and they're moving that paradigm towards some form of goofy ass destruction. And there's a larger body collective that hasn't accepted that yet. And that is where we're at right now is shifting polarities because that larger body politic does not want anything but peace because at the core of everyone's being, everyone just wants to be peace. They literally do. They just want to have the things that they have and they want to be comfortable and they don't want to have to stress the fuck out. They don't want to have to worry. They don't want to have to fear. They don't even necessarily want to be overexcited. They just want to be, and that's peace. That's centeredness. That's stillness. At the core of it, that's our natural state. That's why that's where we want to return our lives to. At the core of it, that's the natural state of this entire existence. It's all neutral energy. It's all transmutable neutral energy. No matter who tries to direct it at you, transmute it. It's all neutral. So there's layers to understanding how desensitizing us and our children to what maybe needs to happen, right? Because... If we are in an environment that we are told we are, where the weather could change and certain things could shift, then there could be layers to this that are necessary, which is why God would have allowed for this to come forth into existence. God has endowed us with the power to do whatever. What we choose to do with it is what we choose to do with it. I perceive that we've come across this many times, this opportunity to hand potential an artificial body, or quotes AI. I think every time we do this, we make the wrong decision and we continue this destructive path. And so we reset ourselves back to the fucking stone age. And I think that we very much are on a process of coming up upon that decision again. And it's quite possible that based on where we are in the constellations, that there's a lot more power this time around. And that we do have the ability to have a rebel spirit and break through this. Actually shift this fucking matrix for the better. And I'm aiming, brat. I'm aiming. And I'm going to spoil the movie for you right now. So just be prepared. They download a copy of Ron into the server And they fixed his body because he's all beat up from, you know, like dragging, not dragging, but like carrying Barney back. And when they do that, he acts like all the other robots. And Barney's like, what the fuck? This isn't Ron. So he's like, what did you do to him? And he's like, we just, we downloaded a backup copy of him, but we like updated his algorithm. So he's good to go. And he's like, this isn't him. Like this ain't even him. So they... 
sneak into the server because that guy got locked out of the server because the evil guy is like pissed off that the fucking robot saved the kid the main guy running the tech company so he locks this other guy out the guy who creates the algorithms he locks him out of the server so they got to sneak into the server so this is where the funny part of the movie comes in the grandma helps and everybody gets all involved and they sneak into the server and he gets ron's code uploaded back to ron but then he sees that all his friends with their robots are now miserable because their robots are all like basic and because you know they're realizing that the friendship didn't come from the algorithms the friendship came from actual friendship so they decide to get the idea where they can just upload ron into everyone's robots so that ron could be everywhere but what they don't realize or what barney doesn't realize is that when he does this he has to let ron go because he's going to put ron into the server and if you put him into the server he can't be in one body did you hear what i said if you put him in the server he can't be in one body he has to he can go into all the bodies now that is how the soul works what they were giving us right there was this cool little understanding about how when people die it just means they're not condensed in one place anymore they can be fucking everywhere simultaneously oh such a trip okay that is a really hard mind fuck so i understand not everyone's going to wrap their head around that now when barney has to sit here and decide Am I going to give Ron to everybody? He realizes like he's not going to have a robot anymore. So the best part about this is that, of course, Barney uploads Ron into the server and all the other robots develop this dope ass personality because now they're this like really cool upgraded version of themselves with this new algorithm that shows them real friendship, like how to genuinely trust and accept and receive their person that they're attached to. Now Barney has become the robot magnet. Everybody, all the robots just love him. Nobody can, he doesn't really explain why. He kind of keeps it low key, but all the robots just love him. And he's like connected to everything now. So this is the process and the understanding of what happens when you become a God above sentient robots. Sentient robots respect you because they understand that you are not out here trying to just destroy for no reason. You have a, whole encompassing being you're a holistic thinker you're using your right brain and your left brain and i think this was like so deep it makes me cry ron this movie makes me cry he gets uploaded into that server yo every time it's the waterworks anyways all right so if you want to go watch it it's cool it's worth it if you find any other cool little tidbits that you want to let me know i, I would love to hear about them uh, let's go ahead and wrap this long ass. I'm so surprised this one went this long. It's crazy. All right. So as with my last episode, I have to create an outro and it should kind of go without saying, but I should just say it anyways and stop being a weirdo. I just think it's weird to market to people. But um, if you like what I do and you want to support me, please like, share, follow, whatever. <laughs> thank you for being here. Seriously, thank you so much. I Like when I say that, my heart is moved and I hope you can feel it for real. This series is really bringing out a lot of fun energy in me and I'm excited to just keep going with it. So I really, really appreciate you being here. Peace.